And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Hi guys. Thanks for listening. Here we go. I am going to zip through this intro because I'm really excited about this one. I have a guest this week, unlike last week where I just sat alone in my room and answered questions from the internet. This week, my guest, oh, I love this guy. You're going to hear me say it at the end, and it's just true. Um, it is my friend, fellow comedian, Dan Bingham. He's just wonderful, and this is what you should do. You should go to danbinghamcomedy.com to find out where he's playing. Um, he's probably playing somewhere in Toronto or in Canada soon. And also, are you in Glasgow? Do I have any listeners in Glasgow? Because he's coming to you with um, his hilarious one-man show, Adopt This. So that's Dan Bingham. He's probably on Twitter. I should have figured that out. Hang on. I'll pause. I'll get his Twitter. and then No, Google it. You guys can work this out. You're on the internet. Anyway, um, the question that we talked about is how much fun, sorry, I forgot for a minute what it was. How much fun is being sober? Long ago, about 30 podcasts ago, I talked to Alla France about how much fun is drinking. We concluded, very fun. How much fun is being sober? I'm going to spoil this for you. Dan and I also concluded, very fun. So check that out. Looks like everybody's winning. All sides of this equation are coming up millhouse. That's a very mixed metaphor that doesn't make any sense, but I think you know where this is going. And you're also understanding why I need to keep this intro short because I have forgotten how to communicate with people. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy this one. All right. Okay. Let's get into it. All right. The question is how much fun is being sober? Lots of fun. <laughs> you sound convincing. It's <laughs> so much fun. Okay, how long have you been sober? Uh, it's been a little over two years now. Holy shista. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Two it's years insane. is a really long time. It's a really long time. How many years were you probably an alcoholic before that? Uh, probably for... <laughs> uh, you know, well, they say you're kind of an alcoholic. You were born one, you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I was drinking... Since I was, I'd say 20 years. Really? Yeah. Since you were a teen. Yeah. Oh my goodness. As soon as I taste it. Once it hits the lips, I never looked back. Yeah. Wow. All right. I'm not even sure where to begin this journey yeah. of sobriety. Where do you want to begin it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we can begin when I decided to stop drinking. Okay. Um, and at some point I want to circle back to like one of your most fun drinking stories. Cause I'm sure you have a million. Oh my God. Yeah. So many, uh, well they say, you know, you got to hit, uh, hit bottom. And I guess my bottom was one of these, uh, one of these nights where I just went out to have a couple pints with some friends at a comedy show. And, um, I just had one of these blackouts and, um, I don't know how many people know what that is, but basically you drink so much that your brain just stops recording memories Wow, but your body, but you're functioning. You're still walking and talking. Yeah. Um, but it's just not being recorded. So, I, you know, it was the last thing I remember was having a shot of tequila, and then cut to me uh, having sex with a stranger. No. 
um, who I had no idea who they were or how we met or where I was. That's when you like come back. To That's when I came back into my body. Oh, how nuts! Yeah, like if you've seen, have you seen Memento? Yes. There's a great scene where all of a sudden he's just running, and he's like, "Oh, I'm running now. Am I?" being chased or am i chasing somebody and then you hear a gunshot go off and he's like oh i guess i'm being chased that's kind of the feeling so you're like mid sex sex act yeah with a stranger with a stranger okay walk me through that how do you start piecing together (laughs) 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 well i mean i couldn't uh i guess i was um i was in the back um so i couldn't really see who it was and then you know (laughs) Finally, they turned around and uh, they weren't very attractive. Okay, to say the least. And 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 then that was it. I was like, <laughs> I mean, did you just? I woke. Well, I woke up the next morning and I was like, my God! I had, the, of course, the worst hangover. Um, you know, still kind of in bed with a stranger. Wait, so you stayed there? <clears throat> yeah, I slept over. Did you start asking questions or trying to piece it together, or it didn't really matter? You're just like, oh, so this is a thing that we. <clears throat> yeah, did. that's not really clear. I don't yeah. really remember that. Okay, but yeah. So the next morning, I was like, this this has to stop because I was actually going to L.A. the next day to be with my dad, who lives down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I had lost my I'd lost my iPhone. I thought that had got stolen. Um, I, it was just one of these brutal, brutal hangovers, um, physically. And I had a moral hangover. Yeah. I'm like, what have I done? I wasn't even wearing protection. Yeah. That's really scary. It was horrifying. And I'm like, I, this, this has got to stop. So that was the incident that made you stop drinking. That was one of them. <laughs> that was actually, that was the incident that made me stop drinking for six months. Okay. That was around the, t- cause I, that was when I started writing my one man show adopt this. Right. And I told myself, um, I just want, for the first time in my life, I want to be sober and clear-headed for six months so I can write this personal story and give it the best and give it everything I have. And in six months, I watched every area of my life get better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Physically, I lost like 20 pounds. Uh, All of a sudden, I was no longer depressed. I didn't even realize I was depressed. Really? Until I stopped drinking. And I'm like, holy shit, I was depressed. And what did that look like? I mean, in terms of depression, did it look like you had more energy? You had more like desire to get up and get going in the Yeah, just more enthusiasm, more joie de vivre. Yeah. Um, Suddenly you had the ability to speak French. Yeah, (laughs) that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, and it was yeah, just more energy, more health, uh, more money. Yeah, like I, I'll like all of a sudden I, I had money for the first time, and I had even quit my job too to write the show, mm-hmm. and somehow I had more money than when I was working full time. So the first time you quit, was it more motivated by the desire to work and get something done in comedy? Were you labeling yourself an alcoholic? Well, it's funny because yeah, I mean, you know, my whole life I've known I drink too much. Um, I mean, I go back, I look, I would look back at my diaries from when I was like, you know, in my early twenties or, and there was a lot of entries where I was like, I got to stop drinking. Oh really? Oh yeah. Like I've always known that drinking causes a lot of problems in my life. And, um, but I never like the word alcoholic was never really a thing, you know, it, like I, I would just joke about drinking too much, but I didn't realize that it was like alcoholism right? until my dad quit drinking my biological father. Yeah. And then he started talking to me about 
being an alcoholic and drinking. Like the two things are two separate things. What do you mean? Uh, you mean that some people can drink and that and they're not alcoholics and it's not a problem? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, they say like alcoholism is an obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body, meaning you're... The obsession of the mind is where you're just constantly feeling ill at ease. You're feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling not as good as other people and just socially awkward or scared. Um, so you drink mm -hmm. to even the playing field to kind of even things out. But you also have an, uh, an addiction of the body, which means once you start drinking, you can't stop drinking. In an evening or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Like I wasn't drinking every single day and I wasn't getting absolutely hammered every day. But once I would start drinking, it was very hard to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So in those six months, I just watched my whole life. I learned the guitar. Uh, I wrote an award-winning show. Yeah. Um, you know, everything was awesome. And then when I did the show and, you know, I started drinking again. And You're then like, yeah, I can relax and yeah, have a break totally. and I've done all this hard work. And then right away, I mean, as soon as I started drinking again, I started doing things like, uh, you know, cheating on my long distance uh, girlfriend. Yeah, alcohol is great for that. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I put back on the weight. I went broke again. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, in, in the next six months, I watched my life kind of go right back to where it was before. And then that was when I hit my ultimate bottom because I was in L.A. again. Um, just completely they say like i felt completely bankrupt you know physically spiritually uh financially and then there i was again with my dad and then that's when i uh decided i need to quit forever and your dad had been sober for how long at that point about eight years okay so yeah he had quite a few years under his belt oh yeah and i watched his life become amazing in those eight years yeah like i mean when i met him <clears throat> I say this in, in my act sometimes, but I mean, he's my biological father. I met him when I was 23. Mm -hmm. He was 43. Uh, when I met him, I was single, uh, loved to drink uh, one cat. He was divorced. Well, he was 43, divorced, uh, alcoholic, three cats. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. <clears throat> so I saw where my life was going if I continued down this path. And then when he quit drinking... Uh, he became the owner of a company. Uh, he got really healthy. He started making a lot of money. Uh, he found himself an awesome girlfriend. You know yeah. what I mean? Like his life just started getting better. So, yeah. And so did he, did he see that you had a problem? Well, we just talked about it a lot. Yeah. You know, he told me things like, well, be aware that alcoholism runs in the family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he never told me to not drink. He just said, keep an eye on it. You know, and uh, and like he said, like I said, he told me it was the first time where I he talked to me about this whole thing about having the personality trait of an alcoholic, and then like Russell Brand said it perfectly. He goes, "He doesn't have an alcohol problem; he has a reality problem, and alcohol is the solution." Yeah, and that's been my case most of my life. You know, it's like reality always kind of sucked for me, so I would do anything to escape and alcohol was the best escape for me just i love the way it made me feel uh it was awesome yeah so what do you do now i mean it's been two years how mm. have you dealt with the problems that would drive you to drink in the first place just by dealing with them 
just by living through them, uh, calling friends. I'm giggling because I'm like, wait, what's that like to just head on deal with the problem? <laughs> Tell me more. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I've got a support system. I've got friends I can call. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I used to always hate doing. It's just calling people. Asking for help was never an easy thing for me to do. Yeah. So uh, doing that is, is, is what I do now. Um, I've been going to therapy recently, which Ooh. people on the podcast know about. And um, I've been wanting to do that. It's really good. And yeah. to me, the funniest thing about it is when my therapist points out ways that I'm thinking that I don't even realize that I'm thinking because mm. I'll say things like, I don't know, like the other day she said something like, you know what? It's, it's actually, she's really gentle when she says things too. She's <laughs> like, it's okay to have emotions and to depend on other people. And I'm like, oh, it is? Like, I, I thought I was going to therapy, but to get strong and independent. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it can be really hard to ask for help or, and to realize that, like, that's a really human, normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or to feel anger or sadness. And not just go, that's just, bad. I shouldn't feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. Not, to, not to push that down. Not to drown that out with, with whatever, you, whatever people choose to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just sit in it, in it and experience it and then move on. Yeah. And that, it, it, what am I trying to say? In my um, tiny experience with trying to sit with those feelings, <laughs> it is often like you just acknowledge it and then it passes. Yeah. It just goes, okay, thanks. I just want to be acknowledged. And then yeah. it leaves. You're like, oh. I mean, that's the thing is uh, I do, uh, you know, I have like, acceptance is the thing that I've, I've had to learn. Um, I mean, I'm not supposed to talk about, uh, how I deal with my alcoholism, but I'm sure people can put it together. I do have help and I do go to places. Uh, Oh, that's right. You're not supposed (laughs) to talk about it, but you know, I will, I will say they do teach you acceptance. I mean, that's kind of how you enter it in the first place is like, um, there was nothing, there was no more liberating feeling. And I know this is cliche to say, but there was never a more liberating moment in my life than when I openly said that I was an alcoholic. And since then, it has been easy to not drink. Right. Uh, and my whole life has transformed since that moment of absolute acceptance. Was it always easy, though? Because I think comedians have it extra hard because mm, yeah. you're... Your professional world involves being in bars and places where people serve drinks. Oftentimes, like, you know, either the establishment itself or audience members want to give you free drinks. I mean, last you're week, last every week. night being invited to drink, yeah. right? Last week or two weeks ago, I was in Ottawa and uh, the audience sent me up a shot. Yeah. Um, you know, I was getting off stage. I was the host. So I was getting off stage, bringing up the next comedian. And I just took the shot and I held it up to the crowd, kind of like a cheers, thanks guys, mm-hmm. and then walked off. And the next comedian coming on, I guess, didn't realize that I didn't drink. He's like, he grabs the microphone. He goes, Dan, where are you going? You're not going to drink that? Come on. And then he gets the whole audience to start chanting, drink it, drink what? it. So I've got 200 people chanting, drink it. <laughs> I've got a shot glass with Jameson dripping all over my fingers. Yeah. Uh, and I had, I just walked over to the bar and gave it to the bartender and said, whoever wants this can have it. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did the crowd respond at that moment? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they. I just walked off. Okay, like they, okay, okay. Yeah, it didn't start a riot. Because I thought it would have been, it would have been funny to go on stage and, and just be like, well, there goes two years of sobriety or whatever. Just like kind of let them know yeah. um, what was actually happening. That could have been really fun. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, you know, in, in terms of can- is there still fun? I mean, I still have tons of fun. Like I, 
I'm my, I'm always clear headed. Yeah. Um, I wake up feeling fresh every single morning. <laughs> I have energy to do things and learn things. And uh, was it hard to find that in the beginning though when you first quit? You know what? It wasn't because um, I for for some reason I just felt like I'd thrown off some kind of shackles. Uh, so I just became excited and like just trying to do everything. Like I, I felt like a super, superhuman. Yeah. So I, you know, just started exercising more, started practicing the guitar more, started just trying to do as much as I could things that, you know, alcohol used to hold me back from. Right. Yeah. And did you have any friends or acquaintances who gave you a hard time in the beginning? No, no oh, one. That's great. Not one. That is great. Yeah. And easy. Yeah. So you didn't have to lose anyone from your life. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were like, they were kind of surprised. Like, well, we didn't really think you had a problem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you seem like you had it all together. I go, well, I'm very good at making it appear like I have everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah. But no, they were all very supportive. And in fact, as soon as you start, ever since, again, like ever since I admitted it openly and that I'm getting help... Um, a lot of people come out of the woodworks with their own problems and they're all concerned. You know, a lot of people are concerned whether they drink too much or whether they have problems. Mm-hmm. And once you admit that you're getting help for it, all of a sudden now you can be of help to them. Um, so I've had a few people actually, they come back and they ask questions and, uh, yeah. Name names. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh God. I've Look at you having all over so much sober fun. You're knocking glasses over left and right. <laughs> glasses of water this is crazy <laughs> this is so much fun <laughs> um gonna mop it up mop it i drink in moderation now when mm-hmm. we first met years ago i probably wasn't drinking at all no because when i first started comedy i thought i just didn't want to i just didn't want to deal with it I, yeah. I knew that i was always going to be in bars and i i thought that if i drink a little bit and have a good set maybe i'm gonna think i always need to drink to have a good yeah. set or something like that and i just didn't even want to Mess with it. Right. You were always kind of a ninja, uh, like a wizard ninja Jedi to me in the early days. In what way? Well, because we'd we'd be in bars all the times together. Yeah. And I would just see you kind of be like, no, thanks. I don't need anything. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll make you like a glass of cranberry juice or something. Yeah, like a giant glass of cranberry juice. Bartenders try to compensate for yeah. you not drinking by being like, here's a pint glass full of juice. Yeah. You're like, Ugh. Well, when I was in Ottawa, they were making me like pineapple soda drinks. Yeah. Uh, all weekend long. So, um, but yeah, it, it always amazed me when I could see people just not be in a bar and not have to drink. Yeah. I, I've taken that to the extreme though, where I, where I don't realize like when I was in the UK a few years ago, not realizing the social currency of drinking. And mm. I was at a bar and somebody was like, Hey, can I get you a drink? And I was like, no, thanks. And we were with a big group of friends. No, thanks. I'm all right. And they're, um, they're like, come on, come on, come on. And I was like, no, I don't really drink. And then they're like, <laughs> well, how about the Coke or something? Do you want a Coke? And I should have just said yes, of course, right? Yeah. But I'm pretty health conscious and I haven't drank Coke in, I don't know, years, like 15 <laughs> to 20 years. I don't drink Coke. So I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> and they're like, and they're just fighting me over it. Like, and then I didn't realize like how rude, potentially rude that kind of was. Like someone just wants, you know, yeah. for you to be a part of a social circle. And it's like, this is what we do. You're in a bar. Have a liquid of some kind. And I know. I'm like, nope, I'm fine. Nope. Yeah, why, yeah, I don't know. People get uncomfortable if you don't have some kind of liquid in your hand. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm learning now to just be like, yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> Coke, cranberry juice, soda water, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do drink now more than ever, but it's not that much. <laughs> Every once in a while. But, you know, even for me, drinking like, experimenting with drinking a little bit, and I mean, I drank a lot in college, like mm. probably would have 
yeah could have done a quiz of like is binge binge drinking a problem for you yes 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 um but in the past year i've been drinking a bit and even in moderation like even if i have like a couple glasses of whiskey you know Mm -hmm. like a few times a week or whatever and then i stop life does get better like Mm. even if it's not that much it's it's like i do have more energy like my body just feels better yeah life is better when you're not drinking kind of it is though yeah it really is (laughs) it is kind of a poison (laughs) the body needs to deal with i haven't had a headache in two years yeah not a headache not one you know, uh, like just that alone yeah. is incredible. The thing that gets me sometimes if I drink and even only a little bit is like the next day, I guess it's called a hangover. But sometimes you don't label it that and you're just like, oh, well, I feel sad about everything, I guess. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Right. Alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. And it did what it was supposed to do, which was just kind of bring everything down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also haven't done anything I'm ashamed of in two years. That's really is, great. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I remember once I was uh, trying to find a. It was I was trying to find something to eat for dinner, but I didn't want to spend a lot of money, uh, and I wanted it to be relatively healthy, and I only had a certain amount of time, so I ended up in a Provigo, grabbing one of their like meals, some kind of chicken teriyaki, yeah, uh, and like a, a chocolate milk and a banana or something or other. And it ended up being more expensive than a meal, a quick meal at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. The chicken teriyaki was one of the worst things I've ever tasted, and I ate it in their little, their little cafeteria, which was just poorly lit. Yeah, yeah. I was by myself. I felt like I, I don't even know how I felt. It was very weird eating this weird dinner in the grocery store. And I remember sitting there thinking, "I go, wow, this is probably the worst decision I've made since I've been sober." That's pretty great for a bad decision. And that's amazing. Yeah. Compared to, hey, I'm okay to drive. Really? <laughs> yeah. But you got, you always got home safe. Things turned out okay. No. No. When, no. When I was when I was uh, when I was 19, I flipped my car, and I had my girlfriend in the passenger seat and three of my best friends in the back. Jesus. And well, I didn't flip it completely, but I did flip it on its side. Yeah. Uh, girlfriend side down. Oh my god! And uh, no one was hurt. Jesus! <laughs> no one was hurt except for the guy who came to help carry us out of the car. What happened? Because because well, it, the the whole accident wasn't entirely my fault. Uh, some guy kind of clipped me. Some guy was driving uh, alongside of me, and it was an icy night, and and he kind of slipped, hit the back of my car. My car started to spin and flipped. Um. The speed I was going was my fault and the drinking's fault. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was definitely going faster than I should have been. But my buddy, who's helped out of the car, thought that the guy was the driver of the other car. So he just punched him in the face. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there sideways in the, in the, pass, in the driver's seat, yeah. still buckled in. And I see this happening through the windshield. And I'm like, no! <laughs> what, what are you doing? That guy's just trying to help. He's innocent. <laughs> Teach him to help people out of a car. And so when the police came, I'm assuming they did. Yeah. You weren't breathalyzed? Oh, I was breathalyzed. What happened? Well, first I, uh, I, I tried that thing where I sucked on a lot of pennies. So oh, that, that's, a, that's supposed to work? It doesn't work. Yeah. The um, <laughs> thing where I sucked on a lot of pennies. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I talked about that on stage once and I said, uh, I, so I sucked on a lot of pennies. They gave me the breathalyzer and then they came back and said, well, not only are you over the limit, uh, but you're also very broke. <laughs> uh, so 
but yeah uh they they arrested me that night and uh actually i don't know i don't know when this is gonna air but we're almost at valentine's day yeah this was valentine's day like 1999 really yeah so happy anniversary yeah thanks so what happens to you when you get was it a DUI, you spend the night a in jail yeah yeah it was a dui um so i spent the night in jail uh, sharing my pack of smokes with this big black dude in jail mm-hmm. and just talking about how crappy our lives are. Did you call them smokes before that or only did you start that in jail? That seems like a good jail Smokes? Term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, do you need some smokes? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was back when I smoked too. And so you were just in jail overnight? Yeah. And then... T- t- they let you out the next morning? Yeah. The next morning. And then uh, I had a court date. And um, I didn't have a lawyer, so I had to plead guilty. And then I lost my license for a year. Wow. And uh, I, to this day, I still have a criminal record. Because of that? Yeah. I've been trying to... Um, there's a process to get a pardon for that. Uh, and it's a crazy long process. So I'm in the middle of doing that now. I mean, you could just pay a whole bunch of money and have this agency take care of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it is quite a bit of money. So I decided to do it on my own. Step one is you got to go to a place and you got to pay them money to give you your fingerprints that they, they take. <laughs> yeah. They take your fingerprints yeah. and you have to pay them for that. Right. Because you can't just go to a police station and go, can you print me? No, that's not how it works. Uh, you got to pay them for your fingerprints. Then they send those fingerprints to the RCMP and then we, and you have to also send money with your fingerprints mm-hmm. to the RCMP to give you your criminal record. Unbelievable. That's step one. Right. Of like nine steps. And where are you in this process right now? Step two. Okay, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Step one took about everything I had uh, (laughs) out of me. And it's been about a year or two. And I'm just building up the the energy and the wherewithal to start step two. Oh, my gosh. And then once is the word expunged? Once it is expunged from your criminal (laughs) record... (laughs) Like how how is it affecting your life to have that on your criminal criminal record? Well, it stopped me from applying to be a flight attendant uh, back when my buddy decided to do it, and it became the best career move he's ever made. Really? Yeah, he's been with Air Canada for like twelve years now, and he just makes a lot of money, travels the world. His schedule he works like two weeks out of the month. Yeah. Um, just live in the dream. Can I say that I am actually finding this fascinating and you know I love you and I love chatting with you but I'm noticing how the question is how much fun is being sober and I'm like <laughs> here I am like the most boring qu- questions ever. I'm like tell me more of the details of your criminal record and how exactly it can be expunged. <laughs> what are well, your just the word expunge work- is pretty fun. <laughs> what are your flight attendants friends work hours and schedule like? <laughs> Jeez being sober is the best. Yeah. No kidding right? <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Put down those shot glasses tomorrow, folks. You could be talking about flight attendants (laughs) and saying words like expunged tomorrow. (laughs) You know, this is the thing, too, about drinking that I find. And this sometimes sometimes leads me to drink. Well, not anymore. But it used to lead me to drink too much because I was always looking for that elusive, super fun time Mm. that you have when you're drunk or that I did have when I was underage drinking when I was 17 and there was like a bit of risk and fun involved and maybe that was also because I didn't know I was gay so every time I'd get drunk I'd make out with my friends and that was the best but (laughs) as an adult, I don't know, it's like, okay, so we're drunk now, 
Mm. Nah. It, like, really? I, I, I find that it's never quite as like fun or amazing as it's supposed to be. Okay. Well, I, 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 actually had, ha- I've I had, love that you're like, no, I have a really good time. So I've had fun. so many amazing, amazing, amazing times drinking. Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah. th- that definitely would not have happened if you weren't drunk. Probably not. Uh, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, like I always think of St. Patrick's days whenever I think of just those crazy times because you start drinking in the morning and it just goes out of hand and it's just drinking and dancing and laughing and screaming and, you know, all day long. Yeah. Um, Tell me. I definitely. Okay. I haven't had wild and crazy times being sober Mm -hmm. because it just reaches a certain point where I just get tired and just kind of want to go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've definitely done things in the name of drinking and or drugs that I would not do when I'm sober. And that have had turned out to be really fun or weird yeah. or memorable. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my crazy, hilarious stories definitely come from those nights of drinking. Yeah. Do uh, you want to leave us with a crazy, hilarious story? I know you have so many that it's probably hard to pick. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, this is back when I did my best drinking when I was working at a restaurant downtown while I was going to university. Um, I mean, you know, my friends and I, we were all in our twenties, just going banana, like every night drinking. Yeah. Like we'd finish our shift and just start drinking and spend all our tips and go out and That's part of the always rest- had wads of cash in our pockets, yeah. you know, just... You know, everyone's like young, attractive, uh, you know, your waiters, waitresses, the, the, you know, it's just a, it's a fun thing. And my buddy and I, I think we had drank for, I think every night for a month, literally, like every single night. Mm-hmm. And this one day we decided today we're not going to drink. We were both, we were both cut after the lunch shift. Um, so we had the full day to ourselves and it was a beautiful summer day and we're like, you know what? Today is health day. We're not just today. We're not going to drink today. We're going to take the day off. So we went out to uh, a field and we started playing football and like, I don't know, we were like two buddies, you know, we started sprinting again, like racing each other (laughs) across the field, playing basketball and then we're like, oh, you know, let's go, let's go home and have a barbecue. So let's, let's pick up a couple steaks. You know, throw those on the grill. And we're in the grocery store. We're like, well, come on. It's it's a beautiful summer day. We're about to have some steaks. Why don't we just get a couple beers? Uh, just a couple cold ones. Yeah. To go down with the steaks. We're like, all right. How much do we buy? We're like, well, a six pack probably won't be enough. Because we'll drink three beers before the steaks are even ready. So mm-hmm. let's just get a case of 12. Oh, my gosh. On your no drinking day, on your health day. Yeah. Yeah. To us, a case of 12 wasn't really drinking. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, so we buy the case of 12. We go back. We're cooking the steaks, having some cold beers. Um, and then uh, it reached a point where people were starting to call us and ask us what we were doing that night. We're like, well, we're just hanging out here having a barbecue and a couple beers. <laughs> so next thing you know, the doorbell starts ringing and people start coming over, bringing drinks over and their yeah. cases of beer. Next thing you know, we're having a full-on house party. Uh, we've had to go and get another case because we're done with the 12. Right. Uh, and now, um, you know, we want to go out. So we, so we head out, all of us, we head out into the streets. Uh, we're all totally drunk at this point. Uh, we're walking by Crescent Street. And um, 
So like, where do you want to go? And I just look over. I'm like, hey, there's a karaoke bar. I think it was called Vocals mm-hmm. on uh, Crescent Street. I go, hey, guys, let's do some karaoke as a joke. Right. All the girls just started screaming like, yeah, and they just <laughs> ran into the karaoke bar. So, yeah. So now we're in the karaoke bar drinking away. Um, by this time, all our friends at the restaurant were starting to finish up their night shift mm-hmm. and were asking us where we were. So then they come over to the karaoke bar, and we've just taken over this place. I said, there's no way I'm drinking. Uh, there's no way I'm singing in public unless I'm hammered. And some girl that was that, that we were kind of flirting with each other all night, she yeah. signed me up to oh, sing a wow. song. Yeah. So when they told me that I was going to be singing, I'm like, all right, well, now I'm going to have to really step up the drinking. So I start doing shots and shots and shots. And the song I had picked was uh, 4 a.m. by... Um, our Lady Peace, which happens to be a slow song. So the karaoke people put that song at the end. Oh, my gosh. So I'm drinking shots, 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 trying to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. I'm the last one to sing. <laughs> um, there's a hilarious picture of me singing this song because I'm singing. My eyes are closed. I'm on a stool and I'm singing this Our Lady Peace song. Everyone there is singing along with me. Everyone's got their lighters going. Like, it's a total concert. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it was, it was amazing. I ended up, you know, I, I went home with the girl who was flirting with me all night. Yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> the next day, my buddy Jason and I, the guy who we, were, we started off um, our health day, mm-hmm. he goes into work the next morning. Uh, completely hungover and he looks in the schedule and he sees that my name has been scratched off because I was supposed to be there at lunch too. Yeah. He's like, he he asked the host, he's like, where's Dan? Why isn't Dan here? Why is Dan's (laughs) name scratched off? She's like, oh, he he called in sick like 10 minutes ago. He's like, that son of a... (laughs) 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 He he goes and he calls me at home (laughs) because I was so hungover the next day. I'm like, I can't go into work. Yeah. He goes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we were supposed to have a health day. Now I'm at work and you're at home. I'm like, dude, I'm so hungover. It's crazy. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's how a health day turned into me calling in sick the next day. That's unbelievable. Even though I'd gone into work hungover so many times, yeah. uh, that one was a special kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well... We, we are going to have to wrap this up. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind singing a few bars of <laughs> 4 a.m. sober. Let's show the world how much fun sober can be. It's a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah! Can you sing us a few bars? I'm not wearing any pants! I'll take mine off right now if you'll sing a couple of bars. <laughs> I am wearing long underwear, however, so there's, there's just still a giant barrier <laughs> between me and the world. <laughs> um, I don't know the song, otherwise I would sing with you. Uh, I walked around my good intentions and found there were none. I blame my father for the wasted years. We hardly talked. And I hope to God I figure out what's wrong. I think you did figure out what was wrong. I think I did. Oh, man. I love you so much. (laughs) Dan Bingham, ladies and gentlemen. Questionable at Best is available every Thursday at No More Radio. 
Questionableatbest.com. Check out the website to join in on the weekly Questionable at Best comment thread. Head over there. Talk about this stuff with us. Weigh in. Ask more questions. Answer questions. Get involved. Paint a fence. Make it happen. Join the community. I don't know if there's a community, you guys, and paint a fence is not a thing that people say, so I don't know why I just said it, but um, just go over there. I would love to continue this conversation with you. Support for the No More Radio Podcast Network comes from the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Our cool graphic was designed by Charlie Sneaker. Her work is on Instagram, charlie underscore design. That's Charlie with a Y. Do not be fooled. Our super sweet intro and outro music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by comic and renaissance man Mike Carosa. His Twitter is Mike Carosa. That's two R's, two Z's, two A's, although not sequentially. You'll figure it out. Also, I just said renaissance man. If you are listening in the UK, I say to you, renaissance man. I'm Deanne Smith. I have an internet presence. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you again next week. <laughs>